If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Curiosity drives us to explore, to experiment, and to search for new discoveries. If you've ever looked for answers to explain the world around you, guess what? That's the first step to science. Which is why we're inviting you to ask your questions so that the SAS class is truly for you. You've submitted to my Twitter at JATetro and sent me emails to thegermguy at gmail.com and I've received voice messages at speakpipe.com slash SAS. We're going to continue our discussion with Stephen Rogak, a mechanical engineering professor at the University of British Columbia. Last week, We learned about droplets and how infections go airborne. Now he's going to help answer your questions about how infections spread. And we're going to tackle the one that's on everybody's masked lips. The COVID-19 coronavirus. I'm Jason the Germ Guy Tetro, and this is the super awesome science show, SAS Class on Airborne Spread. Going through the questions, I found there were a few that were similar or hit on similar themes and topics, so I was able to whittle them down, and I'm hoping to answer them today. If you remember from last week, we learned quite a bit from Stephen Rogak, such as why shopping lineups really should be outside despite the weather, why singing may be so good at spreading a virus, kind of like a cough or sneeze, and how an aerosol can range from a virus to a skydiver. I know. It's really awesome stuff. So again, if you haven't checked it out, you might want to pop over to last week's episode now and then return here. For today's episode, don't worry about taking notes. There's no final exam. But if you do find what you hear today useful, make sure to share the episode and the podcast with your family, friends, and colleagues. Let's get to our first question. What can I do personally to ensure that I am safe from airborne spread of infections? That's a great question. Well, the first thing is that the advice we're getting from our public health officials seems pretty sensible to me from the perspective of cutting down the uh, infection from droplet and physical contact. Uh, But those things are also going to help with the aerosols. So I think that that's the first thing to do. Uh, The advice to wear a surgical mask when it's harder to keep two meters or more distance, that's probably pretty good advice too, because it's going to cut down those turbulent gas clouds that are going to carry the aerosols a little further away. What about if you are exercising, like jogging? Should we be increasing the distance to account for that wider spread? So far, there's been little evidence that outdoor activities uh, are, are causing a lot of the transmission. If, if that kind of aerosol transmission through extremely dilute aerosols outdoors was was a predominant method method of uh, transmission we'd probably see a lot more spikes in cases from from people um, being outdoors in parks and and so far I don't think that's uh, widely seen I think the the place where the aerosol transport is 
is much more likely to be an issue is in indoor spaces where the where there's just time for concentrations to build up and you're not being exposed to a tiny puff of aerosols as you go by somebody you know another jogger you might you've got this theoretical chance of, of breathing in an aerosol from them as you pass them that seems to be not so important but if you if you're going to be spending a few hours in a care home or maybe days and I end in a care home or in a cruise ship cabin uh, then you might want to worry more about what's happening with the ventilation system. Uh, that's where I think the aerosol thing is going to be more important. The concentration of particles that you, you can imagine that whoever is emitting these particles is this concentration field of particles, like a cloud. If, you, if they were smoking, you could visualize it, right? You could imagine what would happen to the cloud of smoke. What about air cleaners and purifiers? Do they have some value in preventing airborne spread? In theory, they probably do. Um, most of these products are designed to suck air in at the base of the unit that you buy, the, the air purifier, and then they put clean air out. So that means that, uh, yes, if you, you put one in a room over an hour or something, it will filter all the air, depending on the size of it. Um, that's Probably not a bad thing, but if you have a relative in a bed that you're taking care of at home and they're coughing and sneezing, uh, it's it's going to take an hour for that air purifier to clear the the air. That may not be sufficient to really do much about the viruses that are airborne in that case. So they're not really designed to remove the particles from the vicinity of the person. You'd need something more like an extraction system or or a small zone uh, where this air purifier was working. Would it be worth buying one then to help prevent against COVID-19? Yeah, I mean, such systems have potential and, you know, there may be ways of uh, using those, making some modifications. Basically, you don't want to let the viruses mix in the entire room and then have to clean the entire volume of air. You'd like to extract the air and uh, then clean that portion. There's a lot of interest in finding out whether or not we're going to learn this time about how to prevent airborne transmission. Do you think what we've learned from COVID-19, as we've learned with all the other viruses in the past, is going to stick with us moving forward? I started doing work related to this about 10 years ago, uh, kind of post-SARS, there was a lot of interest in presenting airborne transmission at that time because SARS was known to transmit uh, via aerosols. And then uh, there was a lot of work also on ventilation design at the time and air cleaning in general. And some of that interest has kind of died away, but I think it's going to come back uh, and it's going to stick with us uh, after we're, we're done with COVID. I think people realize that uh, this, this kind of thing is incredibly expensive uh, in terms of human impacts as well as the economy, and it, it pays to uh, pay attention to um, better ventilation design and, and exactly what personal protection equipment is doing. So I think uh, a lot of that is going to stick around. So we're not done with this. To finish up, we have a question that was sparked by our talk on airborne spread and probably something you've been wondering yourself. What happened to the risk from surfaces? 
When everything was shut down, we were told we couldn't sit on park benches. We had to wipe down everything in our home with sanitizing cleaners daily. And even our groceries were not safe. But have there been any reported illnesses because of contact with these surfaces? No. So the question then is, do I really need to disinfect all the parts of my home on a daily basis? I've heard this question quite a bit over the last month, and the answer is based on research I did over a decade ago. Surfaces can indeed spread infectious diseases like bacteria, fungi, and yes, viruses like SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. But the greatest risk comes when the surface is still wet in that droplet form. If your finger touches a wet surface that has any kind of pathogen in it, you may pick up about half of whatever's there. And then when you touch another surface, including your nose or your mouth, you may spread about 30% of that, or about 15% of the original concentration. On the other hand, if the droplet has dried, you need to press quite hard on the surface, and even then, you're only going to pick up about 5% on your fingers, and transfer only about 5% of that, making it 0.25% of the total. So what does that mean in terms of SARS-CoV-2? Well, let's say you have a droplet that has about 10,000 viruses. It's about normal. If you were to ingest or inhale the whole amount, you'd probably get sick. Even if it's only 15% of transfer from a wet surface, your risk is still high. But if you only bring in 0.25%, which is about 25 viruses, you're probably going to be fine. So the answer is, surfaces can spread the virus, but only under certain circumstances. But rather than memorize all the math that I just said, it's probably best just to remember this phrase. If it's wet and not yours, don't touch it and make sure to disinfect. And there you have it. I want to thank everyone who sent me a question for Stephen Rogak, and I hope he has helped you to know how to stay safe. If you didn't hear your question, make sure to let me know by tweeting me at JATetro or sending me an email at thegermguy at gmail.com. And now, we promised you that if you stuck around to the end of this episode, you could be part of the show. Here's how. Head over to speakpipe.com slash sass, that's S-A-S-S, and leave me a voice message. Just head to the site, turn on your microphone, and let me know what's on your mind. It could be a question, a show idea, or just to say hello. You too can be a part of a future SaaS class. Also, are you liking this format? Let us know. As you can see, we absolutely love hearing from you. Next week, we're going to be talking about that dreaded second wave, and I'm sure you're going to have questions. So send them in now. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review us. It helps to spread the word and get more people to find the podcast. We're part of the Curious Cast family and are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your streaming audio. You can also listen at CuriousCast.ca. And make sure to check out the show notes for more information about what you heard today and links to Stephen Rogat. The award-winning Super Awesome Science Show is written and hosted by me, Jason Tetro. Dila Velasquez is our story producer. And sound design and final production is by Rob Johnston. Have a great week. Stay safe. 
And as always, make sure to show them some sass.